Hello, my name is Adam. Hello, my name's Johnny. And, and we've, we've never, never seen Saturday Night Fever. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. As always, I'm joined by Adam and Johnny, as you heard up top. And this is the show where we show somebody, anybody, a face, a dancer, a movie they've never <laughs> seen before. Uh, this week we are covering 1977's Saturday Night Fever. Johnny, Adam, welcome. One of these days when you run the beginning, you're going to remember to say your name. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case anyone's they their know. first time. In case <laughs> they know who it's first I am, time, God damn it. That's Bridget. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> hi, um, hi, I'm Bridget. <laughs> How are you both this evening? Ready to dance. Great. Yeah. Ready, yeah, to dance. ready to dance. Awesome. So neither of you have seen this movie. Nope. We, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit, you know, one of the stars, you know, one of the other bigger players. Any other sort of impressions? Going into this. I feel like this was a launching pad for him. I, I remember asking you when we picked this after last week's episode, whether or not this took place, not took place, but was like came out during after or after Welcome Back, Cotter, because that's like Travolta's TV thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is right after, if not while filming and thus the springboard to his Hollywood movie star career. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. This movie is produced by a gentleman named Robert Stigwood. He was the owner of RSO Records, so he had managed Cream. He had worked with Brian Epstein and the Beatles prior to Epstein dying. He's the first person to produce Jesus Christ Superstar for the stage. Oh, wow. He produces The Who's film version of Tommy. Mm, I like that movie. Yeah. Um, he... He signs Travolta for a three-picture deal right about the time that he decides he wants to make this movie. Mm. And so one of the other pictures is Grease. So, like, huge, huge launching pad for Travolta. Is is this before or after Grease? This is before. Okay. That's what, Mm. yeah, that's what I thought. So based on that alone, that, like, this was the thing that got him seemingly Grease as well, because mm-hmm. if he did bad in this, he'd get kicked off Grease most like, likely well, and put in something else. a two-picture deal, yeah. yeah. Or a one-picture deal, depending <laughs> on whatever came in between. Uh, but, I mean, given that springboard metaphor, I assume it's pretty good. Or at least he's good in it. So I, I'm I'm expecting some, some disco, some fever. Some fever. Yeah, and some uh, classic young Travolta. Yeah. I'm a little afraid to say... Anything is a good movie to either of you two because I have such a terrible track record of bringing things to the table That's at fair. this point. So I'm trying to go in with low expectations of what your feeling on the movie is. But Johnny, how do how do you think you'll be feeling? I kind of like disco music. Okay, I was gonna say like, how do we feel about disco? Like Casey and the Sunshine and that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Why not love roller coaster? Dude, I was listening to a lot of it on the way here. Trying yeah. to get pumped. Getting in the mood. Getting in the mood. Um, yeah, I think this is like a movie where I kind of like at a glance is like, I get it. <laughs> I know what that is. 
Like, I'm just super, super presumptuous and just, like, a pass because I think I know what that movie is. Mm-hmm. Wasn't interested in it. I like John Travolta and Disco for some reason together. And because I think there's a cringe nature around Saturday Night Fever mm-hmm. that has always made the movie unattractive to me. I don't know. I can't explain it. Yeah. Well, because maybe because it's been in popular culture, right? And pe- the whole disco hand movement, and John Travolta in white and disco balls, and it's like I get it. <laughs> this movie. What is there to see? Yeah. What's what sort of melodrama is going on in this one? Yeah, I do think the movie will bring more to the table, possibly than you're expecting. Uh-huh. But you know, it is. A huge part of popular culture, particularly from the late 70s and people's idea of, you know, what disco was. Like, I can imagine, Adam, you've seen portions of this movie through The Simpsons and Airplane and other... Well, I was going to say, this is the one with the strut down the street, correct? Correct. Okay. That's, I think, probably part of that cringe factor is, like, the way in which that has been used and reused and repurposed for anything... Anything that has come out since right. 1970, whatever, uh, is that. like you, You've seen that, and it's, for better or worse, part of this movie. Yeah. Now, and are you two... Because there's two juggernauts associated with this movie. There's the movie itself, and then there's the soundtrack. How familiar are you guys with the soundtrack? I'm sure very... Probably, like, yeah, very yeah. familiar, I'm sure. Sure, yeah. Just based on... Is the whole is this one of those where the whole soundtrack is the Bee Gees? Pretty much. Okay, so I'm probably very familiar with it then. Yeah. And the strut song, like, You can't tell you about the way I am No, I'm not Obviously know that. Yeah. Unless I just guessed and I nailed it. Yeah. But yeah, like, so I think probably, like you said, Johnny, like, we probably know it. We probably know all the tracks, have heard them all, but maybe don't associate them as being off of the soundtrack. Like, I'm, I'm sure that happens for tons of other bands where it's like, everybody does this, and you know... I mean, we talked about it with R.E.M. and Man on the Moon, where, like, I knew one of the songs off that soundtrack, didn't know it was from that movie right. initially. True. So, yeah, I'm pr- I probably will be surprised at, like, oh, this is this is from that movie? Okay, cool. Um, but I'm excited for that aspect of it, because I... I don't want to say I love disco, uh, but it's fine. Like, I think if I was myself the way that I was as a youngster, if I was growing up in the 70s, I would have been very like, oh, disco's stupid. Disco sucks. I like rock and roll. Like, yeah. I think I would have identified with the kids in Detroit Rock City. Be like, yeah, kiss, boo, disco. Uh. Uh, but like, you know. Right. Nowadays, so far removed from the actual pop culture discourse about disco. I can be like, yeah, that's catchy as fuck. I'm into it. My hips are shaking. (laughs) Give me some floor on the floor. Come on now. Do you guys have movie soundtracks in general that have stuck with you? That like you attached yourself to, that you remember buying? The Wedding Singer. The Wedding Singer. Is probably the biggest, like, I bought that, you know, volume two of the music from The Wedding Singer or whatever. (laughs) Because it had the song from the end, which I really enjoy. Uh, And I remember having that like on CD. Back when, you know, I bought CDs. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. It's It was always very sporadic. I think it was always songs that I really enjoyed off of it, more than, like, the whole soundtrack. As an adult, I've enjoyed things like Daisy Confused and Forrest Gump and other ones were just, like, banger after banger. But I remember buying, like, 
like for like the soundtrack to private parts, like the Howard Stern movie, mm-hmm. just because I liked one particular song off of it. Yeah. And then everything around it was sort of like, okay, that's cool, but I'm usually just trying to get to track five because yeah. that that track slaps. Do you know what but, the Do you know what the song was? Do you remember? It was probably like Gangsta's Paradise or something. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want me to pull it up? Sure. Why not? I remember when I was into like punk and stuff like emo shit and like in the late 90s like the american pie soundtracks and things like that were ones that i've always spun can't think of too many beyond that yeah well what about you i mean the soundtrack to tommy is great but i think the album album came first yeah um moulin rouge is technically a musical but that got spun a lot thinking of trying to think of one there's one with like a particular artist i can't remember now the title track off flash gordon is great the Queen mm. soundtrack. All right, I got private parts here, Johnny. You want to see what if you can remember? So we got The Great American Nightmare. Yep. I Make My Own Rules. Hard Charger. The Suck for Your Solution. Pictures of Matchstick Men. Tired of Waiting for You. Pinhead. The Ben Stern Mega Mix. Smoke on the Water. I Want You to Want Me. Cat Scratch Fever. Jamie's Crying. You Shook Me All Night Long and Tortured Man. It might have been like that whole like B side. Yeah, all yeah. of those like classic. Yeah, it might yeah. have been all of that. I was gonna say, I'm like, which one are they? You're skipping some of these. What's happening? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no. But the first six or eight, I was like, I have no idea what those are. Uh, but the last eight, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's yeah. Johnny's wheelhouse. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, it is. Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Mm. Yeah. See, I don't know anything else on the Ben and Forever soundtrack, but you that would buy matter. it just for that you would one. Buy but like, it just for that, yeah. Okay, so like The Graduate is pretty much all Simon and Garfunkel. Yes. Is a great example, I think, of something like we'll, we'll run tonight where an artist just dominates the soundtrack in one way or another mm-hmm. through some sort of record deal and not because they couldn't find anyone else. <laughs> well, yeah. So when Robert Stigwood worked with Brian Epstein. He essentially joined Epstein's company, his record company, which I believe was called EMS. So Epstein was managing the Beatles, and Stigwood's big group at the time was the Bee Gees. And so at the time, they were like just sort of ballady, whatever. Epstein died unexpectedly, I believe, in 1968. And that's part of the reason that the Beatles break up. They like just can't function without Mr. Epstein. And Stigwood was really seen as like, you're the person who is going to be the successor. Like, you will go on to manage the Beatles, and the Beatles fucking revolt. They're like, fuck this guy, he doesn't get it, like, he can't do it. So they give him a kind of golden handshake where they say, you're going to exit the company, we'll give you this much to leave, and you can bring your artists with you, including the Bee Gees. Mm. So he pulls the Bee Gees out from the late 60s, to pretty much this album, this soundtrack, they're just on ice until Stigwood decides to produce this movie and he goes back to them and is like, start writing some songs. And they Invent they th- disco. Yeah. <laughs> and they think they're just doing it for an album and he like they play for him and he's like, Great, you're composing the soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever now. <laughs> like <laughs> post production. But it is, it ends up being hugely successful. It's the second most successful movie soundtrack after The Bodyguard. Oh. So without looking it up, because I don't necessarily want to know everything on it, is it fair to assume that most BG songs I've heard probably come from this? Very likely. Okay. 
that would be interesting then. Because I always just assume, like, I knew Bee Gees songs because the Bee Gees had a string of popular albums throughout their whole career. Nah. Yeah. Man, and some a... of them come from earlier albums, and they have a little bit after this, too. Mm. But but nobody cared until this, the... essentially. Yeah. Okay. This is an Oops All Bangers huh. moment for them. <laughs> yeah, was this something, like, because this is a movie and a soundtrack that is huge for my mother, which is how I got introduced to it. So, like, I don't know if there's any sort of, like your parents' relationship to the Bee Gees or disco in general? Uh, This never was played in my house, I don't think. No, my mom was always more... Like, she would listen to things that were more contemporary, where, like, my dad was the oldies guy, but he Mm -hmm. was, like, a 50s, 60s kind of oldies. Like, that kind of popular era. Your Frankie Valleys and things like that. Not so much the 70s era of things. Okay. Yeah, I just, I think just inherently because I didn't really listen to disco, my parents are more classic rock, things like that, that the movie was just not popular in the household. <laughs> right. So I just never had exposure to it. And then by the time I even remotely like heard of it, it was already just tarnished with its reputation of being disco-y, disco-y, disco-y. John Travolta. John Travolta, white pants. Yeah. And I was like, pass. Fiji's going, ah! yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. White suit, illuminated floor. Illuminated floor. The point. The point. As the point. Yeah. Does the point originate from this movie? Do we do we know the history of that dance? That I would have to look into it more, but I would imagine not. Travolta does all his own dancing. Um, he was really adamant that he wanted to do his own dancing. Like at one point they say, well, we're going to cut it so that, you know, we can have a body double doing all the tricks. And he was like, I'll fucking quit. Don't do this. So he lost 20 pounds, um, to get in shape and worked for hours with choreographers. So, but I imagine they would have, the point would have already been established. Okay. Based off of that. I don't know. I'm learning a whole bunch of things I I didn't know originally from this, so. We'll, we'll double check in we'll, the, we'll, during the viewing. And we'll, we'll have to circle back, we'll yeah. We'll cut back in the uh, Start the all new podcast, like, what's the point? Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the history of yeah, or when, When's the point? When's yeah. the point? By three people. When will you arrive point. at the point? <laughs> I think we touched on this when we did, we must have, when we did Pulp Fiction. How do you guys feel about Travolta on the whole? I don't know if we really touched too much on Travolta now to think about it, because I'm thinking of, like, movies that I've watched with him in, and I don't recall ever mentioning in the Pulp Fiction podcast. Like, I don't think we talked about, like, his string of shit in the 90s where he was, like, Phenomenon, Michael, Michael. uh, whatever else. Yeah. Well, because he has, like, he's got multiple dips in his career, you know, like peaking the roller coaster with Saturday Night Fever in Greece, and then it dips back down again yeah. in the 80s. Pulp Fiction Severely, comes back yeah. up. And then Michael, Phenomenon. Michael. Vital, Battlefield <laughs> Earth. Battlefield Mike. Earth. Swordfish. Michael. Oh, yeah, Swordfish. swordfish. Yeah, I love Swordfish. It's, it's yeah, a I don't, yeah, guilty pleasure trashy movie. Oh, because it was on HBO all the time in the early 2000s, so yeah. I, just, I would spin that constantly for... Reasons everyone can assume. Yes. <laughs> and, and the color grade to that movie is just ridiculous. You it's just orange. You don't see movies like that anymore. It's just orange. <laughs> the whole movie is just orange. It looks like a Tang commercial. <laughs> yeah, and I... his hair. His hair is obscene. In Swordfish, I'm trying to remember that. It's like Jackman's long... hair is bad, too. Yeah, Jackman has like late 90s, early 2000s, like yeah. classic haircut. But Travolta has 
just like long shoulder length hair, I believe. Oh right, and he's and got like, like tiny a, little like sunglasses that clip onto his nose or something. I yeah, don't know. and like a little like a flame. Oh, then you got the soul pad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the worst. No, because I, I feel like we talked about how he attributed Pulp Fiction to saving his career mm-hmm. because he had those dips in yeah. the eighties and nineties. Uh, but yeah, I don't think we talked about necessarily well, specifically those nineties oddballs phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I like Swordfish. He was fine in the first Punisher, or the first one people count, yeah. the Thomas Jane one. Oh, Face Off. Face Off, I haven't seen. Yeah. Oh, you have not? No. Who is it on the list? Uh, potentially. We can add it. Put it on. Put it on. Yeah, I mean, Grease is good. I like the movie Grease. It's not necessarily, like, my thing. I'd never go seek it out. But yeah. if someone was like, I want to watch Grease, I'd be like, okay, throw it on. Yeah. Like, that's fun, you know? I'm a Frenchy girl, personally. What's he been doing lately? The last, yeah, the last thing I can think of, and I know it's not his most recent, is plays the mom in Hairspray. Yes, he does play the mom in Hairspray. A bunch of stuff. Oh, he was John Gotti in a John Gotti movie. Oh, that's right. That's what I was thinking. Like twenty eighteen, he plays Shapiro in People vs OJ, which is a good crime story. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He does. He dude, he's he's so good in that. I love that series. That series is really good. He was in Old Dogs. Like he was in the, which is oh. like the Tim Allen, Robin Williams, We All Have Motorcycles movie. I think yes. That's, I think that's what that movie's about. Zach likes that movie. Uh, he was the voice of Bolt in the movie Bolt about the dog. Okay. Uh, oh no, Wild Hogs was Wild the one. Hogs. Wild, Wild, Wild Hogs yeah. was the one with They Have Motorcycles. Yeah. Old Dogs is a different thing where it's also probably bad with Robin Williams. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like as recently, it's just a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Is he tapped into that like Bruce Willis action movies made quick pipeline? No, it doesn't look like. I don't it. think so because he he got kind of weird looking when he like lost his hair, then tried to like surgically add it again. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there was a, a hair plug battle, and then I think he's it's... just he's like. Committed to being bald, I think since his wife yeah. died. Just not a marketable look. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Is he one of those actors that flies planes, too? Yes, he is. Yeah. He I don't know is. why I thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I That's thought such a thing. Is he one of those actors who flies planes? Because they are he a is. bunch of them. Dude, and there's this, yeah. Because he's like a runway, like at his house. Mm. Yeah. He's like a 747, like a stupid, like a huge plane for like one guy. Yeah. I feel like he does play a pilot in something. I don't know what though. Nothing's jumping out at that. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Did either of you see uh, Get Shorty or Be Cool? No. In both of those. No. Both of those, well, Get Shorty at the very least is on our list because I think it was definitely on a short list of stuff to watch mm-hmm. about a month or two ago. He's also in the uh, Look Who's Talking franchise. He's one of babies. Oh, that's right. That's, wow. What yeah. a, that's a forgotten series for me. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Yeah, I probably saw it on TV as a six-year-old and remember nothing of it. They can stay forgotten. I remember my parents were crazy about those movies because it was like babies who were like cursing and shit. <laughs> sure. Why not? And they're like, yeah, no. <laughs> Can't be watching babies cursing, Johnny. Why not? They're not really cursing. It's yeah. just fun to yeah. imagine. It's like, Mom, I'm 16. Let me watch this. <laughs> Let me watch this baby curse. <laughs> those movies are weird. And then it was like the Talking Dogs was one with like fucking Danny DeVito and mm-hmm. 
It's like it's like look who's talking, look who's talking now, and then look who's talking again. It's like two now and again, maybe or the. But four? the third one is dogs and like babies. Oh. Oh. It's like when Airbud had so many sequels, they're like, now he's just got puppies, and that's what this movie is. Now. Yeah, this is all the puppies. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and now the, the puppies, puppies are, talk now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, the puppies are friends with Santa Claus. Yeah, of course. Right. They're A natural buddies. evolution. <laughs> we went from dog who can play basketball to the dog who has puppies that can talk and befriend Magical Holiday. <laughs> I still think we need to inject some MXP into this podcast at some point. <laughs> For you, Johnny Wu. Thank you. We can yeah. make that. Monkey March, you Monkey got March, it. Monkey March, 8, eight <laughs> April. April. Yeah, you got it. Thank Whenever you, I appreciate that, it. We'll do Ed. We'll do uh, yeah. Any Which Way But Loose. June Jungle. We'll yeah. just keep going with it. Yeah. We got it all. All right, we're talking about monkeys on snowboards. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're so we've, far away. We've digressed. <laughs> we've digressed. Listen, this is, this is the hardest we've digressed in a while. <laughs> well, we have to. Otherwise, we have to mention John Travolta Scientology, and we'll just skip right over it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we all know how we feel about it, yeah. and it's not great. Listen um, to any of our Tom Cruise episodes for more of our thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Or the master episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the master of Top Gun. Check those out. Yeah. yeah. Not fans. <laughs> Is there anyone of note we should know? Well, don't tell me, but not really. No, the film's budget is $3.5 million wow. when it's made. So John Travolta is the, the big star, like the big get for the movie. Okay. That said, you may recognize some faces in it. Okay. So, Is this like a one-set movie where it's like mainly the club? No, because he no. struts down the street. So oh, we know okay, he's, sure. He's, we, he's walking to the club. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I do feel that we have to mention, because we watched a movie of theirs last week, the director of last week's movie. Yes. And Short Circuit. Yes. Also directed this movie prior to both of those. Does that give you any trepidation, Johnny, as someone who did not like really either of those movies? I, I, I've given this guy one more shot. Okay. <laughs> So this is three. This, this could be strike number three, and you were swearing off all of this man's movies. Pretty much. Which, to be fair, I don't. think You guys bring up another like one, this. you find a guest. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going on holiday. I <laughs> really, I really wanted to sneak it under the wire because I did. I did want to watch this movie mostly because Beyonce has released a disco club album, and oh. which kind of bangs. I was listening to it last night. Dude, it. That's another Oops All Bangers <laughs> album, but I was like, oh, I would love to do Saturday Night Fever. Like that would be so great. And then realize same director. Yeah, Johnny picked by happenstance Sits. a movie with the same director. Um, and I really was hoping to sneak it under the wire so that we could see his name in the opening credits. But sorry, just give it. We brought it do up the up. gasp when it shows up for me. We brought it up last week off mic. Yeah, when we were pick, picking yeah. this. Adam Bradley like, said, "I don't. Should we do this?" And I was like, sure? "Should we? Sure? Don't worry about it. It's fine." Christ. I will say it is. A movie that feels very different than both of those. I can imagine. There's no sassy robot, I assume. No. Okay. Yeah. no. And this is years before those yes. movies. No. And yes. you... Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, no, it's nothing like <laughs> okay, that. Okay, I got it. Okay, I got it. I'm still in that, like, no. No. It's different. Give it a chance. Plus, like, to be fair, you really hated Short Circuit. You at least liked parts. You were just 
lukewarm yeah. about war games. Yeah, yeah, in war games. So we're, we're trending the upward. The further back we go. You're trending upward. So, like, as the graph for time goes down, your yeah. enjoyment level goes up. I just, I like, <laughs> even though I was lukewarm on it, not to digress from last week, but I even though I didn't like it ter- a lot, I do like movies that give me memories that are so unique, <laughs> like the pterodactyl <laughs> and, the, and the jeep. Yeah. Are just fantastic memories that I will cherish for the rest of my life. So there you go. We'll just hope that there's some in here and that you, on the whole, you take away much Good. more from it. Good. All right. Anything else? Any other rabbit holes we need to go down before we watch this movie? No, I think I'm, like I said, I'm ready to dance. Dude. I'm ready to point. Same. <laughs> At the screen. Let's say that was good. <laughs> Let's hope. Then, what do you have to say for yourselves? Fine. I'll just finished 1977's Saturday Night Fever. Gentlemen have a lot of notes. Adam, we'll start with you. How do you feel? This movie's bonkers. <laughs> it's it's bonkers. It's incredibly funny, but I can't tell if that's intentional or not. Mm-hmm. And I don't I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie like that before where like you either know or you don't, and here I, I honestly don't. Like, even movies that are so bad that they're funny, at least I'm like, no, that's bad, and they weren't going for that. I'm just taking humor in the ridiculousness. Sometimes it seems purposeful. And, like, there are definitely lines in it that are really funny that are, it's clear that they're going for that, you know, that quip. And then there's times where it's really funny, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't think they meant that to be funny. Mm-hmm. I love the world. I love the world building at the beginning. <laughs> the, the world, world building, building of late yeah. 70s New York. <laughs> this is, this is a, there's some prime Nana time, <laughs> which I got a huge kick out of. Uh, the whole middle section, it I was kind of bored. Once the, like, prepping, once Stephanie really comes into the picture, I'm not really, Yeah, it kind of loses me a little bit. If you're not a person who's enthralled with dance... Even, Stretches of that can yeah, be. Yeah, but it's not even about the dance. Like, their chemistry is weird. I don't... Yeah. Their dynamic is off. But then there's just, like, a zany scene inside of that where you're just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> so, I I don't know how to feel about this movie. It's weird. I, I really liked parts of it, and then there's a lot of parts I didn't like, and on the whole, it's just... It's bonkers. Johnny? 
<laughs> I'm not even ready to formulate an opinion on this one. Right? Like it's... I, I kind of love this movie. Come, come to the dark side. Come I join kinda me. I kind of love this movie. <laughs> it is wild. It, it is a wild ride. Yeah. It is also, uh, what I was trying, I was really trying to not give you guys any hint of, like, you know, BG soundtrack, fun disco, but there are parts of this movie that are dead-ass, serious, just, like, grim. The ending, just, like... Uh, I mean, the whole movie blew me away because I think I walked into this thinking we were going to get, like... Dirty PG, dancing. tame, yeah. like, very genuine, like, movie about disco. Sands like cocaine and like all the other shit, like all that stuff is gone. That just insinuated maybe. Yeah. But this movie's rough. Man. <laughs> it's like sandpaper. This movie. Yeah, it is R rated. So. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> In case you weren't sure about the strippers at the dance club or the use of speed and quaaludes and all manner yeah, of uppers and downers and yeah, or like the group rape around Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some hate crimes. Some hate crimes in yeah. here. A lot of lot of slurs. A lot, lot of, of racial epithets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This sets the bar for Dirty Dancing in that dancers, movies about dancers, need to have abortions. This is true. <laughs> this is true. They need to. There needs to be an abortion hinted at or done somewhere yes. for a great dance movie. Yeah, of course. But this movie's up my alley for a number of reasons because I love like Italian subculture movies where mm-hmm. the, their vernacular and the way they talk to each other just makes it a comedy a comedy to me like immediately. Yeah. Like all sub- the slapping at dinner, hilarious. But oh, I don't know right. if it's supposed to be. Correct, yeah. <laughs> like where later on where maybe that stuff was where earlier on this stuff was funny with Italian subculture and drama, like that's where like Sopranos like capitalize on it. They're like we know this is funny, and yeah. we're going to write it as such because people find the way these people talk and act to be ridiculous yeah. and funny. So that's why, like, the father was like a hit for me from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and my lit, my notes are just one-liners. <laughs> the, like, well, not what the first note is dick shot. Yeah, D- uh, yeah. Oh, mine's dicko vision. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. That's a great angle for the dancing. It's weird when he's just walking down the street with like a paint can. Yeah, like I love, yeah. I love when they're doing that same view on the dance floor because you see like the dresses spinning and all of like the lights. Yeah, everything just really plays really well together. But just when he's walking down the street at the beginning and it's just like dick from the left, dick from the right. <laughs> it's like okay, here we go. It's your first indication this is going to be all right. Oh, yeah. And then he's, like, hitting on a chick, and he spins around and, like, shuffles his shit and, like, keeps on going. It's like, oh, my God. What is this movie already? I love the first-person view of him trying to block that one girl on the sidewalk where she's just like, fucking get out of my way. And he's like, what? 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 Where are we going? What are we doing? It sets the movie up great because the movie is so full of itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the better for it. I wouldn't want it any other way. You can't you can't half ass this approach. Like you got to go all in if you're going to tell a story with these characters. It's oh, great. This movie's kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> How is this for you, Bridget? I don't think we got a sense of like where this movie fits for you in the in the opening. I enjoy this movie quite a bit. I enjoy it as its own. What an interesting movie! A strange little movie. I enjoy the soundtrack. I enjoy like all of the surrounding madness surrounding like the development and just like how huge it became and kind of where it sits in disco history i i just think it's great 
but I enjoy this movie. Although I did see Johnny was like whipping his head around a lot towards me because I like, just like, are you all right with this? Yeah. Are you seeing this right now? I was did you hear this? Quite a bit in this movie. <laughs> I can't believe this right now. The first bridge scene, I thought we lost you. Oh my god! Because it was like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> They're fucked from the club, and they're coming out and climbing the cables, and then when they all fake jump. <laughs> Which they they faked her out, the actress who plays. Because <laughs> well, she's a stupid bitch. Yeah, and so like her <laughs> reaction Bobby's is like, delivery is so good. That's her like real reaction, but Bobby's delivery is so. Because it just sits on him for a second, and he's like, "Stupid bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> he thought they jumped or fell. Yeah. Oh my god! Because he is such. A, it's also because he's such a sad sack character up to that point, like trying to get talked to. The priest brother, like, can I get a special dispensation for an abortion? Father, father, let me, father, I got a girlfriend, father. Tra- Frank, she, she father. loves the tasty communion wafers. <laughs> She's so Catholic. She's so Catholic. Father, father, come here, father, listen, father, I gotta tell you, father. Yeah, and you sort of think of him of like, oh, he's the one who always gets dumped on, and then at the bridge, he's just like, stupid bitch, yeah. and it's just such a, like, a 360 turnaround. Oh my god, so when's the last time you saw this? I watched it probably about a year ago. I mean, it's all the same shit that we laugh at, like, Um, what you laughed at? Because, I mean... (laughs) Not so much. I mean, it's different in a a group setting. Sure. You're just like, you're tapped into different things. Um, Oh, you watched it alone? I watched it alone. (laughs) And with Brian coming in out of the room, like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, just because... Yeah, imagine walking into any random scene in this movie and having no concept of what's going on. You'd lose it. Oh yeah. Well, that's how I first saw it because this is not, this is like my mom. mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I must have walked in on her watching it at one point, and she must have forgotten like what this movie is actually like. She was just like, "Oh, it's like a movie about the '70s and dancing, and it's got such great music." So I like walked in like into the dance competition scene. So I'm just like, "Okay, so they're dancing. Okay, so they're fighting." Right. I was trying to rape his dance partner. <laughs> Wait, why did that guy kill himself? And like my mother, like I was probably like twelve, and I think she was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna have a lot of hard conversations yeah. with you right now." Yeah. But she didn't sh- turn it off because she loves Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. She's she like, a, "Well, just explained consent pizza to you." <laughs> Dude, I, I just I like it because it's a it feels like a great slice of life. Like you're just seeing little vignettes it's of a total Pierin, yeah, yeah, Tony's life. His work, his life at Odyssey. Yeah, I mean, there's long stretches where it's just not even, there's no problem going on. Right. There's no issue going on. No. And those are my favorite parts. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. No, and to your point, it does that like middle section where he does meet Stephanie drags. Yeah. The soundtrack kind of goes away for a bit. Mm-hmm. Odyssey goes away for a bit, the club. Mm-hmm. All of his friends kind of like fuck off for a bit. Yeah. And the movie kind of sucks for a minute. Yeah. But then they meet her and it's back on. It's yeah. so odd. And they go to White Castle. <laughs> they start barking like dogs in the middle of the restaurant. The look of every like line cook and like server's face as they're jumping on the table, whipping a White Castle slider around in their mouth and barking. It's priceless. It's such a weird movie. <laughs> you know what it honestly reminds me of as I was thinking about it? It reminds me a lot of Moonstruck. Yeah. Yep. Where like, a lot of the same actors, too. it's beating to its own drum. It doesn't... It's doing its own thing. It's 
it's got that Italian slice of life. Uh, it's got the, the sauce that don't drip and it don't taste or whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, it's a great line. It's got all of that. And then inside of that wrapping is just a bunch of kooks. And you're just like, what? I don't, what? <laughs> yeah. Like they're this very similar This a little movies. bit, yeah, is an Moonstruck on drugs. Mm. Yeah, because the characters in Moonstruck aren't on drugs. They're just crazy. Yeah. They're just crazy. These... This is like a little bit more high test. Yeah. But same kind of vibe of like, yeah. there's and a lot of stuff of I opera, like. And instead of opera, it's Bee Gees and yeah. Diana yeah. Ross. But there's like a Mean Streets shit going on here. Right. There's and some Scorsese stuff going on. You know, and it's later 70s. So like you can see where it's picking some of that stuff up. Yeah. But like, I think it's really interesting, you know, this is a movie that doesn't get lumped in with them. I but I think know. it absolutely belongs there. More than it belongs in sort of like the fluffy like, oh, what a silly 70s movie. Right. Which it's become based off of just like the montages and people's the dancing the dancing and how deep is your love and just all of that but there's the club scenes are great (sighs) Mm -hmm. so such vibes this is i i was having this thought rewatching it today i imagine if you were watching this in 1977 1978 like when it was out you probably felt like i did in 2009 watching avatar like, I want to go to Pandora. Oh, yeah. Take me I to want Odyssey. to go to the I want to live yeah. there. <laughs> I, felt oh, that, yeah. I felt that now. Right. I was like, I'm sitting there watching it, and I've never had this thought before in my life, but I was like, did I, did I mess up not going to clubs in my 20s? Like, should I have gone to more dance? Like, this does seem kind of fun. I love the lights. I love the floor. Everyone's having a good time. <laughs> I love like, the floor. Yeah. Like, this is, is this what, is this what this was? Did I miss this? <laughs> Too old for it now, but should I have done this? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Whitney Houston, I just want to dance with somebody. I want lights. I want to order a sea breeze. <laughs> yeah, seven and seven. Oh, seven and seven. I want to be dancing with a man whose shoes are taller than mine. Like, I just, like, <laughs> yeah, like, I want to go to a roller disco right now. Like, I want to put on some skates, and I want to hear that soundtrack, as well as the rest of the soundtrack of the decade. Yeah. Just spin around on, on my wheels. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to do right now. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah. The vibes are choice. Yeah. Big fan of all that. Yeah. It is both escapist and realist at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's a hard line to walk. I don't know if it's always walking it. Like poor Bobby, it may be falling off the bridge sometimes, but yeah, Bob- I don't really Bobby's care. Bobby's a good metaphor for this movie. <laughs> Bob- yeah. Bobby at the end is All like... All over the place. He's like, because he kind of likes what he's doing. He seems like he's having fun out there. But he's also really just got a lot going on. And he's not really sure of what he's doing. And then tragedy strikes. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's a little mentally unstable in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like health concerns. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't talk about that in 1977. No, we didn't. <laughs> no. Yeah, because the net's bonkers. Stage five clinger. Yeah. Yeah. She's got Just real in love issues. with Tony. I felt bad when <laughs> she started crying on the street. Oh, when he like broke up with his yeah. partners. Yeah. This the one that got me was the sad comedy dude, drop. Oh dude. <laughs> of like it's just her whole like, We can have sex. You wanna have sex with me? And he's like, No. And she's like, But you but we went on that date and you said you wanted to and he's like, Yeah, not now though. I don't no. <laughs> Go away. And then she's like, Okay, we can have sex now. It's like, do you have any protection? No. Well, what are you doing? Give me a blowjob. And then when she comes in so happy that she's finally got protection for sex, and he's just like, no. 
And just the head tilt and the three Trojan EZs are just the yeah, the, the, fall to the floor. I, I jumped out of my yeah. seat last the, the movie does a phenomenal job of doing things that you don't expect to happen but want to happen. <laughs> I know. I felt bad every time she came on screen because I'm like, you're just going to get dumped. Well, you're yeah. just going to get dumped on. Mm-hmm. Save yourself. Just save, save yourself. And then, like, everything after the dance competition is just like, punch you in the face drama and sad and rough and you're just like i just i can we not have a double rape and a suicide like please a triple (laughs) rape technically yeah the triple rape yeah and then he called her a cunt (laughs) yes and then it's it's it is brutal so brutal so heavy so yeah might not be for everyone for that reason but i just I don't know. The movie's brash, man. It's yeah. brash. Yeah. Well, it's such a left turn from everything else. Because, like, the abortion's there and the guys forcing themselves is there. Because, like, that's also kind of just the vibe of the 70s. Is, mm-hmm. hey, I'm a man. I'll do what I want. I'm not going to take the dishes to the, to the kitchen. That's yeah, the make women's that's work. the women's work. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of that already. But then it's such a hard, sharp left turn mm-hmm. for hey, the hey. last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, everybody falls off the rails simultaneously. Bobby falls off the rails, Annette falls off the rails. Um, Tony falls off the rails. Tony's off the rails, too. Bobby falls off the bridge. Bobby's Bobby's off the rails and the bridge. Like, as it kept going, and I was like, oh, oh, no, I wanted the dance scene to be the finale. Like, win or don't win, like, I kind of want them to lose and then realize that, like, hey, dancing's cool, but there's more to life than just this thing and you gotta like get your shit together which he does learn in the end but it takes an awful lot of gut punches and knees to the dick to <laughs> to <laughs> really right. get that home and I just kind of wish that it was like oh no they lose the dance competition and that's sad because you know he's got a Rocky poster in his room and that's the ending to Rocky and then they you know they figure it out because they kiss on the dance floor and it's like this whole nice thing and it's like nope he's raping her now yeah I like that I like an anti-Hollywood yeah. things like are not that neat. Yeah. No, but at least, like, you can lose, and then it's like, oh, all right, well, you know, I gotta figure out my own shit now, because, like, maybe dancing's not everything, and then credits or whatever. Like, I don't even need it to be put a bow on it, but to go from win slash lose, they they definitely lost the competition. Yeah. Tony's right. They were not as good as no. either of the two couples Oh, they that got we crushed. Saw. True. And, like, the first couple we see didn't even place. It was, like, some mm-hmm. couple we didn't see. Right. The Hispanic couple and then them. And, like, they obviously did not deserve to win. Uh, so he's right. I get why he flew off the handle. And good on him for recognizing and rising above the situation. But, man, that is a, a lot to, to pack into the it's a, it's a it's a it's a bleak ending. <laughs> Very bleak. Except then it does try to spin it at the end. He a gets bit. on the train. And you go from this sort of heavy percussive beat to all of a sudden you're like, is that the twinkle of a harp? And how deep is your love? Yeah. Starts in and he makes it back to Stephanie's apartment. Yeah. And I like the hope and the optimism that the movie ends with of like, let's try to be friends. You know, Mm -hmm. like I messed up and I realized I was a real prick. I realized my friends are the worst Mm -hmm. and I got a lot of growing up to do. And I want to be around you while I do that. Very nice. Very touching Hollywood-esque type ending. I just, I don't know that I need the preceding 10 minutes. <laughs> it's like, they're like, oh shit, there was nothing dramatic about this movie whatsoever. Let's yeah. add in like... The worst things we the can. The worst things we can. 
Well, I think it's sort of just there, like, boiling under the surface of, you know, these are sort of environmental polluters in Tony's life, and it just all comes to a head of, like, I can be really good at dance, but, like, the place that I come from is fucking racist, and it forces me to participate in that, and it's fucking sexist, and it forces me to participate in that. Like, if I stay here, I will just become this. Like, I have to... I don't know that Manhattan's any better. Like, I don't know that Manhattan is going to be the the bastion of acceptance and self care. True, but it's uh, it's something. It's a change. It's, it's a change. Yeah, yeah. I I don't have to be the face. Yeah, I can rise above my station, as it were. Yeah. I should. The whole movie is a costume corner, but my only note is Bobby's shoes. Mm-hmm. Oh, where he walks He's away. He walks lips. away. Sad walk away in those lifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Four dollars don't buy three dollars these days. That was great. Pretty much every line out of the dad is great. Even the like really shitty like him ragging on Tony still is kind of funny. Yeah. I mean he has great lines, but there's so many other good lines in this movie, like what did I write? Lemon with tea and coffee with a cheeseburger? <laughs> Love that. He's flustered. He's, he's he actually likes a girl for the first time as opposed uh, to just like great. the girls coming to him. Yeah. Wanting to dab his forehead. That girl was creepy. I was like, can I wipe your forehead? I just love... I love I watching love you dance. dance out there. And he said, like, I'll dance with you. Yeah. He takes her out on the floor. he immediately leaves because they changed this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she just stands there sad with her handkerchief full of his sweat and then just turns around and walks away. Oh, no. See, I feel like she stays on the floor. She's boogieing. No, she leaves. She oh, just, no. like, he walks away, and the whole dance floor disperses, and she just kind of turns sad and walks to the side. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, even more than the last ten minutes, is upsetting. I love when he goes in for the layaway on the shirt. He's like, do you guys do layaway? He's like, hey, as long as it's not a 20-year mortgage. He's like, all right, here's $5. I want the shirt in the window. Put it on hold for me. Wait for your receipt. No, I don't need one. I trust you. Don't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys feel about Travolta's performance? I think it's great. That is great, actually, yeah. 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 I mean, he's definitely the best part of the movie. His arc is great. Mm-hmm. Ending aside, which even, like, if it was just his part of the ending, I to- I'm totally fine with it. Like, if it's just his frustration with the dance, and then the forcing himself on Stephanie, and then the, like, oh, fuck, I really fucked up, like this can't be my life. I'm going to go on the same path walking and talk to her the next day. Perfect. I'm totally fine with that. It was the three other things that compounded it from characters I don't care about as much Mm -hmm. that made it overwhelming and just like really sad. Yeah. But his arc is, is fantastic and he's great. I get why it was a star making role for him. His accents on point, his interactions are on point. When he yells at his mom and then he's like, oh, fuck, I made my mom cry. Now I'm crying. That's great stuff. Yeah. The part where he's talking about the height of the bridge, like, all of it was really good. Really well done. This reminded me of Raging Bull a little bit. Yeah. Where he kind of courts the girl and everything and he's just so full of himself. Okay. Italian subculture, all that shit is so good. And all of his friends are buffoons. Yeah. Oh, Tony. I just love, like, set like 70s... New York too. It's so that, that, trashy yeah. and grimy and you set up a little bit like when we went like across the bridge. Oh you yeah, two towers. You're like, yeah, shifted a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you said to us, you didn't even give 
a thought before to where this no movie I didn't know place. like I knew obviously the seventies but we're either going to be maybe I was thinking maybe like L A maybe but mm-hmm. only because I got like Boogie Nights vibes true which I could see a ton of that in Boogie Nights mm-hmm. like this movie but yeah I assumed New York because in my head I was like oh Studio Fifty Four like that's yeah that's disco like that's the party scene it's got to be New York granted this is the boroughs because it's a little less classy mm-hmm. but. Yeah, that was that was my thought. Is was New York, but you're right. It could have been L.A. It could have been really any big city. Would have had several dance halls and discos. Right, but I didn't even think that he was going to be again like Italian. All of a sudden, Brooklyn. Yep. Love Working it. at a hardware store. Ugh. Going to a different hardware store to get paint. Yeah. Great sales sales trick. Yeah. If I'll give I'll... you a dollar off. It's three dollars more than I paid for it, but I'll give you a dollar off. off. Yep. <laughs> When his boss whips his head around when he says dollar off, like, you dollar off my ass. It's, oh, $10. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> that guy was great. I liked their interactions. The whole raise conversation was great. Mm-hmm. The firing conversation was great. And then the, we, the things got heated. We said some things we didn't mean. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's been here 17 years. Yeah. Randy's been here 15 years. Yeah, since and I you opened see the place. Yeah. Took the realization wash over. Yeah. Like, oh, Jimmy's making a mess. making a mess. His bedroom is hilarious. Yeah, the Rocky poster. Yeah, Bruce Lee, Serpico, all of that shit. Fair yeah. Fawcett. Yeah. Oh, did you guys notice, like, when his father comes into his room to talk to him? They zoom in on the Farrah Fawcett poster on her nipple. Uh, on her nipple, the cleavage, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the father just staring at it for like He's a minute. He's just like, yeah. I think that's he touches he, it too. Yeah, that's right when he's talking about the spaghetti drip. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it don't taste it, don't drip. Yep. Uh, that is a little bit of a reference. So there's two references in his bedroom. So the screenplay was written by Norman Wexler. It's technically an adaptation, but Norman Wexler wrote the screenplay to Serpico. Okay. We have a poster of Pacino as Serpico. And the original director for this movie was John G. Alvidson, who was the director of Rocky. Oh, okay. He was replaced, I think, a few weeks in by John Bottom due to conceptual disagreements. Conceptual disagreements. Mm. Do we know what those are? I mean, we almost never did. I, I was not able to get an elaboration on what those might be. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder where he would have wanted to take it that... This movie doesn't take because this movie goes in every direction. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you feel like you weren't being allowed to go? Yeah. So this movie is based off of an article that was published in New York Magazine called "Tribal Rights of the New Saturday Night" uh, by a guy named Nick Cohn. Okay. Uh, he went to the Real Odyssey 2001. It was a real club, and observed over multiple weekends, sort of. The characters of the movie, essentially. Yeah. The the main character of the article is this kid named Vincent, who is very much Tony in the movie. And a lot of the events of the article are events in the movie. You have sort of love triangles of one person's in love with Vincent, Vincent's in love with this other person, the refusing to sleep with a girl because she doesn't have birth control or an IUD, she goes to get condoms, all all these things come wow. up, beat for beat for beat, like the different kind of vignettes of the story. Imagine you're writing an article for like New York Magazine, and you just see this woman disheveled on the street holding a handful of condoms and then sadly dropping <laughs> to the sidewalk and being like, I got gold here, guys. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let's take the notepad out and start writing. <laughs> yeah. 
And it, Condom drop. Yes. <laughs> and the movie ends up being a kind of a resurgence for disco, just a tiny bit. Because really, like, true disco, that era is, you know, generally considered to be 72 to 76. It's starting to die down. Mm. So the uh, article is published in 76. Robert Stigwood sees it and is like, this is going to be a great fucking movie. I can make a great album to go with it. And, like, is completely right. Like, he puts all his chips on this and it right. pays off in a huge way. Yeah, he had dollar signs in his eyes, you mm-hmm. know, like cartoon-wise. <laughs> yeah, but even Travolta was like, I, a lot of the time I was filming this movie, thought it was, you know, going to be a send-up of the disco era because it was basically over. Yeah. But what it does is it kind of expands its reach out further and hmm. further. Oh, so suburbanites can be like, it's oh, I get, the New- I get the New York feel. We, we're going to have a disco club with... Speed and yeah. toilets. <laughs> yeah, and it's it sort of made it, yeah, it brought it into, you know, the Levittowns yeah. who had not gotten disco quite yet. Okay. Um, not that this is a sanitized movie by any stretch of the imagination, but the soundtrack really is. And a couple of years after the movie came out, too, they released a PG version, which Stigwood really? hated. Yes, they, like, edited it down, took out the nudity, took out the cursing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can get largely the same movie because, like, the nudity is what the stripper, yeah. really, and that's it. You can easily it's take that out. You. Yeah, that doesn't really do anything. You can cut some of the swears and cursing, you know. But mm-hmm. then, is the rape still there? Like, right. is abortion still there? Right. Is the suit right? Stigwood was really against it. He's like, they massacre the movie when they do that. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Because then it's just the comedy of, like, look at these ridiculous people doing this ridiculous thing and ridiculously obsessed dancing. Yeah. Like, it becomes parody when you take out all the heavy shit. Yeah. And so, you know, this movie comes out in December of 77, takes off huge in 1978. Read, like, it averaged from January to March, grossing $600,000 a day. Wow. I just saw the box office for this. Holy yeah. shit. 94.2 million domestic, 237.1 worldwide. Again, on a $3.5 million budget. Yeah. It is the favorite film of Gene Siskel, of Siskel and Ebert. He's like, I went and saw it 17 times. This is the greatest movie ever. He went and bought <laughs> Tony's white suit. Like, he went fucking bananas for it. But 78, the soundtrack is all over. This soundtrack takes over. The Grease soundtrack takes over. Of the 19 singles that went number one in 1978, eight were from RSO Records. Wow. Massive domination. But by June of 1979, that's when the disco demolition game is played at Comiskey Park. So that's how quick you have the rapid turnaround of like, fuck disco. Which was always sort of percolating there. Because ultimately, really, disco was music that was made for black people for hispanic by and for black people hispanic people gay people tony ultimately is a fictional character even more so because in the 90s nick Cohn, the author of new tribal rights of saturday night admitted he made the whole fucking thing up whoa oh really mm-hmm. he said i was told to go do a story about disco I got in a cab, went to the Odyssey 2001. As I was standing outside, a kid came out, puked on my pants. I never went in. Whoa. I went home, thought about a kid I knew growing up in England who was like more of a mod punk. Yeah. And crafted this whole story, like, 
whole cloth. Holy shit. <laughs> That's right. so wild. Right. And for years, people were like, I'm Tony Monero. Like, yeah. I'm the real Tony Monero. I spoke to Nick. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Yeah, really. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that's great. I'm telling you, this movie's great. Everything about it is like bonanas. It is bonanas. <laughs> I'm looking on the Wikipedia, it's got the poster for the PG version. Mm-hmm. And it says, it's now rated PG because we want you to see John Travolta's performance. Because we want you to hear the number one group in the country. Because we want everyone to catch Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> Apparently they wanted to, I don't know if you said this, they wanted to release it in theaters at the same time. Where, like, you could go see both. Depending, yes. But yes, they, they wouldn't. Did. But the MPAA was like, no. Yeah. You can't have two versions of the same movie at the same time because, like, kids will go see the R-rated, the R-rated. version. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's what, uh, they were showing it on airplanes. That's, mm. like, originally why they had it. And then they wanted to put it in theaters to, like, get more money. I cannot believe it was all just... I mean, I didn't know it was based on anything to begin with, but then you tell me that, and then you snapped that away really got telling it me it's not real. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. It does say something, like, to give Nick Cohn some credit, what a rich tapestry you wove, basically out of a kid you knew growing up and someone puked on your pants outside of a disco club. That's crazy. Like, never made it through the door. I mean, I guess it speaks to, like, his imagination that he was able to craft this and everyone who was like a disco head just was like, yeah, that's what it's like. (laughs) You know, like, I feel like you would have had think pieces or people being on the news, like, okay, we've got like, what's the today show. And here's the owner of a dance club, a disco dance club. Like, what do you, what do you think about studio, you know, Saturday night fever? And he's like, it's not what disco clubs are like. That's, I don't don't know where this guy went, but like, that's not us. That's not Odyssey 2001. That's not Studio 54. Like, I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about. Like, that's not disco. Right. And, but everyone's just like, yeah, no, he nailed it. (laughs) That's what this is. What a great job he did. What an awesome article. You know, like you would have, like you would have heard about it before 1991 or whatever. Yeah. Bonkers. Mm -hmm. Just the whole thing. (laughs) And, like, to your point about Gene Siskel seeing it 17 times, was it ironically? Like, is it... No! Like, he loved this movie. His number one movie. And not like he... Like, you know what I mean? Like, he couldn't throw this on a VHS. He went to the theaters and saw this 17 times. Yeah. He usually dressed like that, too, if I remember. Like, seeing him at at the movies or whatever, he'd always dress like the big... The the leisure suit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he was the real Tony Manero. That's what he told him. He was. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, everything about this is wild. Yeah. I can't wrap my head around any of it. Yeah. There's a great documentary, mostly about Robert Stigwood, but it talks a lot about the production of this movie called uh, Mr. Saturday Night, I believe. I believe it's on HBO. Catch it while you can before they pull it off of there. I did see it on there while I was looking for this movie, which the internet said was on HBO, but it's not HBO Max. It's HBO the channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we air that sometimes. Yeah. But... If you want to know more, highly recommend checking that out. I definitely will. I definitely will. <laughs> I, I need to. I, it's not want. It's a need. I need yeah. someone to put this all together. Somebody, somebody needs to make sense of this one. Yeah. <laughs> soundtrack is so good. The soundtrack oh, yeah. is so good. I mean, we knew that going in, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just hearing it and seeing images to it is great. Yeah. Because images do wonders for it. <laughs> It really brings it together. It was also, during all of the dance sequences, 
the Bee Gees had not finished the soundtrack. They had not, that was not the music that they were actually dancing to. For the most part, they were dancing to Stevie Wonder. And in a lot of the rehearsal scenes, they were dancing to Low Down by Boz Skaggs. Okay. Which they wanted to put on the soundtrack, but they couldn't like get the rights cleared. That song is great, too. That yeah. song is great, too. So they were on the right track. Yeah, Odyssey 2001 does look like a dirty lowdown. Low, low, low. Dirty lowdown. I don't want to pay for it either. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we only get so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was right. We do spend a good amount of time in the club, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not quite one location, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. only a handful. It's right. the street, the paint store, the house, the club. The dance, like dance practice. studio, yeah, mm-hmm. and then like a couple other little things, but right, the bridge, yeah, the, the bridge. bridge, yeah, the the fifth location, yeah. I did not think do we, not let them I take did not the think thing. we were gonna part two of the bridge. <laughs> when you guys were laughing during the first bridge scene, I was like, oh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> oh no, 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 because you both were like lady. so zany. It was zany. Yeah, it was like I thought Johnny was gonna get whiplash. He was looking at you so much. <laughs> I know. I was. I didn't know what was going on. And then the second time around, it was just Bobby was like, "Hey, Tony, look at me! Look at me, Tony! Hey, look at me!" Like a five-year-old. Oh, it's so. When he got out of the car, I thought he was going to just jump because, like, obviously his abortion thing was crazy. He didn't want to marry the girl. The girl didn't want to get mm-hmm. the abortion. He tried talking to everybody. Nobody talked to him. Tony blew him off, obviously. But the slipping made it so much worse. Because it's like, oh, he could have been saved. He didn't really want to do it. He was just having a bad night. Like, oh, damn it. Yeah. Everybody's too fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Annette's too fucked up. Bobby's too fucked up. Tony's on his way. Because he's drinking. He's real pissed at himself. He's Mm -hmm. sad. He didn't really win the competition. Mm -hmm. So he's angry at everything. Just hits so much harder. (laughs) It's an accident (laughs) than when it's a... Because, like, a deliberate suicide, it's sad. It's sad that the character would choose that. But he could have been saved, man. (laughs) On the poster, he's wearing the white suit, right? I believe so, Yes. But he's not... Does he have the bandages on his face, too? No. Interesting. It doesn't know. Yeah, because you can't give away that he gets... No, you can't. scuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're wearing the same outfits from the the dance-off. Gotcha. She's not wearing the red dress on the poster? She is. Okay. Is that not what she wore at the end? No, she wears a white dress at the end. Oh, okay. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, one yeah, yeah. Off the shoulder, one on the shoulder. I think there was red in the jacket or something that she was She's wearing. She's got a little flower, out. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, then yes, he is wearing what's at the end. What did you guys think of Jennifer? She's annoying, but I think you need her to kind of show, okay, this is where Tony could be. She allows him to kind of imagine possibilities. She's there to be the love interest, but more importantly, she's there to sort of say, there is a path out. This is how you can do it. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, I think she does dance for a completely different reason than he does. He does it to get girls and get attention, or she does it because she likes to dance. Yeah. Well, I think he does dance. I know he does like to dance, too, but his motivation is behind it. Well, no, that's his outlet, though, because he says he doesn't feel a high like dancing anywhere else. Yeah. And he wish he could. Right. Yeah, I know. That first coffee date I wrote down, because the the line right before is like, careful of that one, she's practicing to be a bitch. Yeah. Which is like a great line by that weird pervy dude who's... Keeping track of the percentage of women he sleeps with that comes into his dance studio. But then immediately into meeting her, I was like, oh, wait, no, she already is a bitch. She kind of sucks. The way she's just name dropping and being like, you know who that is, right? Well, you don't know anything because you're dumb and you live in Brooklyn and whatever. And I'm just like, 
dude, leave. Yeah. <laughs> no she, dance contest is worth this aggravation. Yeah. But she's bullshitting, too. Like, that that line where she's talking about, like, oh, we had Zeffirelli. We were talking about, I think it's Zeffirelli. Like, yeah. we're talking about Romeo and Juliet. And he's like, Shakespeare? And she's like, no, Zeffirelli. Like, clearly she <laughs> missed a couple. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's not as with it or as worldly as she's projecting. No, She's got as much of a tough guy persona as he does. That almost makes it worse. Like, because I, I read the same thing of, like, oh, she's just posturing because this is what she thinks is important like she wants to be a yuppie new yorker mm-hmm. but i hate i hate her <laughs> in this moment i hate her she's she's bad run away tony run far yeah. far away yeah but i like you know you get to know her and she kind of lets her guard down and i like i find the line where she's like you shouldn't have told me you should have just walked me home like i think that's that's cute but when you go to her new apartment and the guy is there. Yeah. And she has the breakdown. When she has her breakdown of like, what was I supposed to do? Yeah. Like he how helped, He helped me. He helped me. He helped me. Yeah. Like, how do you think this world actually fucking works? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it gives her character a lot more pathos. Makes it a bit richer rather than just she's practicing and succeeding it. Being a bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely putting on an act. I mean, when she has the pseudo-confession to Tony of like, oh yeah, I'm just practicing bullshitting on you. Like, I'm just pre- I'm just using you to become a fake person. Thank you. I was mm-hmm. like, you're saying that, and I, I know you don't mean it, but you kind of are. <laughs> you are putting on this act. It's just, I didn't find her very endearing. Which I think helps lead to the drag in the middle of just like, I don't want them to end up together. I don't like her. Yeah. I don't I don't want him to be better because of her cuz she's not better than him. It's all fake. It's all nothing and they kind of don't like that his growth comes from a person who sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, cuz he's of of all the characters, he's got the most solid morality it seems like. Mhm. You know. Yeah, he's the one telling him to grow up and all this other shit. Grow up. Yeah. There's also early at the first or one of the first dinners, I think. Where his mother is saying, I have to go to church. I have to pray for my son to call me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we just call him. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. And he's like, why are you turning? You're like, turning God into the to, operator. Into the operator. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. that's not right. Like, that's, that's fucked up. Yeah. I wouldn't do de- that. He's definitely street smart. You mm-hmm. know, he's definitely got a good head on his shoulders. I like all of the kind of the existential crisis of everyone thinks I'm the fuck up. I got to prove I'm not a fuck up, but I kind of think I might be a fuck up because everybody keeps telling me I am. Mm -hmm. So like, I like that character trait for him. It's why, even though it really has no bearing on anything, I kind of liked the priest brother coming home and quitting because it does give him that hope of like, oh, you were the, you were the pedestal. You were up there next to Jesus on the cross, essentially. And then you got down and now you're just my big brother again. And everyone's mad at you, but that means they're not mad at me. And I love the line, well, if you're not so good, then maybe I'm not so bad. Yeah. So I like that growth comes from realizing his friends are pieces of shit. Realizing that everybody may not be right when they tell him how much he sucks. It's weird that the catalyst is this other person who sucks. (laughs) Getting him over the the hump. Because I like everything else about the arc. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts about Stephanie? (laughs) (laughs) 
don't know how to read that sign. I just, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay, you can say she was the weak point for you. Yeah, she's weak. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's not a lot of weak parts of this movie at all. <laughs> That's true, yeah. But. She's a weak person. She's a weak person. Yeah. yeah. I think even though she's probably a better person than some of his friends. Mm-hmm. At least they get the zingers and like the lines in that are like, oh, I'm glad they're here because like I get to laugh at how dumb they are. But I feel like she didn't get many of those. No, she does have a real. I would say it's in the top five when they're leaving White Castle, oh, yeah. and Bobby's asking her like, so like my friend got this girl pregnant and like she's got to decide like whether to get an abortion or 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 get married. What what would you do? And she's like, well, who would I be marrying? He goes. Well, you'd be marrying me. At least zero hesitation just was like, I would get the abortion and walks away. And he's just like, Yeah, but the best. Cut to three seconds later. Yeah. She's a sweet girl. What a nice, what a nice girl. I really like her. Tony, I like her. She's a nice girl. He's so unstable. (laughs) He's just. He's coming undone. He's unraveling. (laughs) Not since Rope have we watched someone unravel. Yeah, correct. Do you think he was thinking about when she said that to him as he was dancing on the bridge or falling to his death of, like, she thought I was not worth marriage? <laughs> well, no, because he doesn't want to get married. He wants... That's true. He, he wants out. Poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Barracuda Club raid is great. <laughs> it's so it's so over the top. It's so awesome. <laughs> John, John Bonham knows how to... Film a car crashing through it. Correct. That's yeah. what we've learned in the last two weeks. <laughs> but just the the mayhem inside of that place. It just I got some like serious uh, roadhouse vibes. Who's punching who? Yeah. No, because it's all leather jackets and like poofs. Yeah. Like you don't see a you don't see anything. The only time you know what's going on is the woman who like really like kicks the shit out of Tony, mm-hmm. and then she gets punched by Double J. Yeah, into the sofa. Yeah. Yeah, just like smack. In, into 1980. Yeah. That was the first time I really feared for Bobby's life, because I thought when that guy went in the window and was, like, holding on him as he was driving away, I thought he was getting stabbed. Because, like, as they're driving away, you could see he's kind of like, he looks like he's dying, essentially. Mm-hmm. But it's just because he was a big wuss, and he knows his friends are going to rag on him. Yeah. Yeah. But it looked like, the guy had, like, his full arms around him, and, I mean, they walked in with switchblades, like would assume that these other people who theoretically are gangbangers or beat up their friend, which turns out maybe wasn't even true, um, I thought he was getting stabbed. I was like, oh no, the little kid who didn't want to be in a fight is going to get murdered. Oh no. Then it got so much worse for him. (laughs) But yeah, that was a fun diversion. I was wondering if we were going to come back to it because they're like, yeah, they they beat up our guy and we'll get them when there's a more manageable number. And it took a really long time for it to come back. What's his name? Plays with his lighter for a long time. Oh my god, oh my the flame god. on that just thing? looking at the light. Yeah. Cool down. Yeah. That was seriously like a four or five inch flame. Yeah. On that thing. Out of control. I'm honestly surprised he didn't like kill anybody. Because he seemed the yeah. most like unstable he, to violence. Where I thought he would have shot somebody like or stabbed hot, somebody. He seemed like the hothead of the group. Yeah. Yeah. And normally when you have one of those characters in a movie like this, someone, like, it, it felt very West Side Story, not just because it's a white gang and a Hispanic gang doing a rumble. Yeah. But I, I kind of got that, like, oh, someone's going to kill somebody and that's going to, ooh, this movie's going to take a turn. Someone's going to get stabbed. Oh. And then it didn't happen. I was like, okay. 
We're in the clear. Wipe the foreheads. Right. <laughs> yes. You thought. Yeah. yeah exactly. You thought. What'd you think of the dancing in this, Johnny? It was good. Travolta was really good. When he did like his one-off, that was like the most impressive thing to me. I love all the like the jumping and like the split roll where he'd like split and then yeah. roll into a different split and then roll into a different split. Yeah, for like every moment I thought it looked silly, there were two moments where I'm like, that's actually kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of like what I'm seeing. The camera angles work wonder. I know I talked about the, the dick of vision shot on the dance floor, but... Yeah, all the Dutch angle, angles and everything look cool. Above, and below. The POV. Yeah. All of it was great. <laughs> I don't know why I thought about them spinning in the studio where it's like that shot oh, of like yeah. John Travolta oh. smiling. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I figured we were just going to get a lot of finger pointing, but we got more than that. No. Uh, we did look it up. The We're all, I think, a little dumb. It's The Hustle. Oh. I mean, okay, yeah. yeah. The, the name of that dance is not The Point. It is The Hustle, and it, it came around in 1975. Yeah. So a few years before this, this movie did not invent it, so... Just to clarify that from the before part. Thank you. Well, what did you think of the dancing? Oh, that was good. Yeah. Outside of the... The only dancing and the only scenes, really, that I didn't like was anything that took place at the dance studio. Right. It just didn't... I don't know. Because the studio was boring. Yeah, this it was boring. Odyssey is bitching. Yeah. yeah. They didn't... They had a weird dynamic in there. The girl he doesn't want to dance with, and so that felt awkward, and the girl he does want to dance with doesn't dance with him, and so all those scenes still feel awkward. Just the whole thing was weird, but everything at the club was great. Yeah. I love all the dancing, even at the studio. But I'm a girl, hmm. so that's like a, a thing. <laughs> that's a thing that's that girls thing. like. That's the a dancing. thing. I like, I, like, I like seeing people who are good at dancing. I like dancing. I like dancing with people who are good at dancing. <laughs> I li- the whole kit and caboodle. Everything about it. More men should learn how to dance. There you go. We'll get this sponsored by Arthur Murray. <laughs> Give out coupons. 10% off your first list. Yeah. We'll do Dancing December. We'll do a bunch of dancing movies. Dude, yeah. Dirty dancing, flash dance, you name it. We'll take care of it. Save the last dance. Yeah. Stomp the yard. Yeah. <laughs> Honey. Striptease. Yeah. Demi Moore. Showgirls. We get Showgirls, yeah. yeah. We got it. There isn't a sequel to this thing, is there? There There's is. There's not like Sunday Night Fever. There is. Oh, God. It's called, uh, was it released in 1984? You don't make $237 million, or $232 million profit. And not Return to the Odyssey. And yeah, not try again. Yeah. Um, it's called, I believe, Staying Alive. <laughs> Spaghetti Trip. <laughs> Spaghetti Trip. <laughs> but it follows Tony... In Manhattan, trying to take off as a professional dancer. Uh, I don't care about that. Yeah, yeah, no. It's it's not relevant. The only thing you might want to see... It is, is Travolta, it's not. It is Travolta. Oh, wow. Okay, so it there's at Travolta. least that. There is a scene with Jamie Lee Curtis leading a dance class, and she's just very beautiful. She's very fit. Hmm. But it's a bad movie? Is it's it, a bad movie. Does it have Horribly. any like I've writer, director? Uh, I think it's just Travolta. Um, I don't think the director comes back. I don't even know if it was like a Stiegwood production either. Oh my god. Do you know who directed Staying Alive in 1983? Who? Sylvester Stallone. That's really? right! That's right! That's right! <laughs> That's right. I'm like, why does it feel like it's someone? It is Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, and the writers are 
um, Sylvester Stallone and Norman Wexler. Okay. Mind. Everything new I learn about this movie is <laughs> mind. <laughs> so many doors. Just I mean, I, I'm sure he was like, his, you know, his Rocky director friend was like, let's, let's, let's give this our shot. So I wonder if Staying Alive is their version, maybe, of what Saturday Night Fever would have been. Maybe. I mean, he's even got like a Rambo look to him in this. He's got the headband with the he's hair. The headband, yeah. yes. Oh, the mom is back? I think it's sort of, it, like, may draw upon some of Stallone's early career as a model, possible adult model. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> um, the, the tape exists. Yeah. The tape exists. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm like, all right. I wasn't the only kid on Snopes. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The synopsis for this is five years later, Tony Manero's Saturday Night Fever is still burning. Now he's strutting towards his biggest challenge yet, succeeding as a dancer on the Broadway stage. Yeah, see, oh, no. I mean, that's better than, like, he's just trying to make it as, like, a backup dancer for whatever, like, hot artist of 83, you know? Like, that's yeah. that's at least more like, okay, he's going and he's trying something that's good and, like, in his wheelhouse at the very least. But it's also PG, so I can't... Oh, boo that. Big thumbs down. Yeah. I can't imagine it's anything. No. The IMDb rating is 4.7 out of 10. It's critically panned. I can imagine so. Sylvester Stallone, though. Outrageous. Father Frank Jr. weirds me out. He's got a really creepy face. And the fact that he doesn't tell you why he quit is even weirder. Yeah. Yeah, he has a kind of haunted look. Mm Mm-hmm. He's really dark, like, eye bags and just a really... Creepy fellow. Not as creepy as the dude that owns the dance studio, but still still creepy. Just creepy looking. in a different way. Yeah. Creepy in a in an exorcist way. Yes. He kinda like <clears throat> wandered out of the room <laughs> <laughs> off the wrong set. <laughs> Into the Odyssey. Speaking of the family, I love how defensive Tony gets about his hair. I work really hard on my hair and he hits the hair and he hits me and he hits my hair. I yeah. work really hard on yeah, he's wrapped in a bed sheet or something in <laughs> a tablecloth. Watch the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I liked when he gets up. He starts yelling at his mother, and he starts getting upset and crying. Like, "Oh, mom, I don't mean. It. I'm sorry. I love you, mom. I'm sorry. I'm you. sorry." And he like tries to hug her, and she's like, mm, "Go away. Go away. No. <laughs> Go away from me. Shoot. No. No. Thirty-five years I was working construction. You never hit me. Now all of a sudden I'm laid off. Seven, eight months. You hit me at the dinner table in front of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> You've started the hitting. Hey. <laughs> I want more of that. I want more of the family stuff. They were great. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, my favorite part of Moonstruck was the yeah. family shit. That's what made me really, like, think about the two of them like that. I was, I was like, oh, yeah, no, we had a blast with the, the nanas and the, the sauce. Papa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nanas and the sauce. Yeah. Oh, man, when the when the nana saw him, like, come out of his room in his, like, bikini briefs just, like, humping the air or whatever. Oh, <laughs> he, so good. He woke up after the first Saturday Night Fever night, and she's just like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> Not for nana consumption. <laughs> Not for nautic consumption. Yeah. We did get a couple of manjas in there. Oh, manja, manja. Manja, manja. Yeah, because they were all yelling at each other. What yeah. pork chop? Oh, that was good. <laughs> <coughs> oh, my God. I'm laid off, and you got two pork chops? What do you mean more pork chops? <laughs> Every time he As long came... as I have a dollar, we'll have a pork chop. Yeah. I'm putting every dollar into this family. 
I got excited every time you went home in this movie. When the doors started opening up, I'm like, here we go. What well, because we they set the table for it so perfectly because he walks in after work that first day. And his mother's like, where were you? Like, why are you late? And then the dad's like, your mother wants to know why you were late. Yeah. And then the mom goes, your father wants to know why you were late. Why are you waiting home? Your father has a question for you. <laughs> Dinner's going to be late, but you're late for dinner. They were out of some things at the market. And like that sets the table for every interaction we're about to have with this cuckoo family. It's like a sitcom, dude. Tell you, the world building was fantastic. Fantastic, yeah. I wanted more of it. I wanted. It does it. feel like fantasy, though. Yeah, like yeah. almost, almost in the same way that like Scarface almost felt like fantasy when you yes. see Scarface. Yep. And you do get elements of Saturday Night Fever in that. You get the club. You get sort of like mm-hmm. the white suit. The white, the white <laughs> suit. Yeah. It's Pandora. It is Pandora. And I want to go back. Yeah. But you haven't seen the sequel. Because it's... I don't think it goes there. Yeah. We're not in Brooklyn. We're in Manhattan. It's a different movie. Yeah. 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 Very different. We'll file that away for whenever we go down the rabbit hole of bad sequels. I know we've talked about that a bunch. Yeah. Uh, We'll file Staying Alive away in there with Jaws 19 and (laughs) some of the other apes. Shitty sequels. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm glad... You guys seemed it was a positive reaction overall. Oh, no, yeah, yes. Yeah. I was trepidatious going into this Dude, one, Bridget. I, I, I mean, I knew everyone bad was bad. Em, bad. Em, bad. Em. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> First feature length film too. It's all downhill from there. No, I like working. It's like a plateau. It falls off. Did we even go further into his filmography? What else he did? Like, like, is it completely downhill from there? Does he come back and strike pretty, a little bit of... I think it's after War Games, we're like... Yeah. Yeah, because we talked about this a little bit last week. We listed off some of them. After War Games, it was like Short Circuit, Bird on a Wire, Hard Way, Point of No Return. Like we, a lot of things that none of us have seen or really heard great things about. And then from like the 2000s on, it was just TV. The Shield, Crossing Jordan, Heroes, Las Vegas... Psych, Criminal Minds, the Rush Hour show that they tried, Supernatural, a bunch of stuff like that. So nothing on the caliber of this, or at least to me, War Games. So don't worry, we won't make you watch anymore. We'll leave you at the the high note of yeah, this career. I don't, there's nothing else to That's the last recommendation yeah. Bridget's ever bringing to the show. Got it. Dude, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> Bridget's what, redeemed. Stick the John landing, yeah. redeemed. Yeah. Good stuff. Good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you for taking the journey to Odyssey 2001 with me. It was a pleasure. <laughs> I don't know if I would have liked it if we were doing this remotely. I think I needed you guys here for this. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, like, I would have been laughing at stuff, and it would have been goofy, and it would have been zany, but I would have come away being like, that sucked. Yeah, like, you, you would have been like, Bridget, what did you do again? <laughs> I don't know if I would have gone that far of blaming you, but... <laughs> I would have just been like, no, this is this is bad, hilariously bad. But watching it with the group, I'm like, no, it's hilarious. And I'm still not quite sure how much of it they mean to be funny. Like, I feel like the first bridge scene is not meant to be funny. And yet it was. I feel like some yeah. of the sadder, Nanette, right? That's her name? Yeah. Yeah. Just saying that name on the podcast gives me, <laughs> gives me flashbacks. To the um, cross. But yeah, but like some of her scenes that are really sad and pathetic, I feel like aren't supposed to be as funny as we found them. They're supposed to be more like poignant and we're supposed to feel bad and sorry. And I do, but I'm also laughing at her. Well, because it's like, it's the kind of laugh that you do 
when you fa- trip and fall or you accidentally hurt yourself mm. and you're still evaluating, how painful is this for me right yeah. now a little bit, <laughs> you know? How my, long was this movie? I'm sorry. It's two it's hours. two hours, like right it's on the dot. 158, yeah. I think. Another great sad and that mo- like moment is when she approaches him in the bar and he's lighting a cigarette and she pulls one out and she goes like he's going to light hers and like Don't lighters out and she's just like there with an unlit cigarette. And then he leaves and she's just there looking at the stripper. Like, but I love, she looks at the stripper and then she looks down at her own boobs and went, okay, yeah, I'm doing all right. (laughs) I can do that. Mm -hmm. I can get there. Yeah. Yeah, that was sad too. It's like, girl, read the room. She's just not that into you. That actress was almost not cast because she was considered too pretty for Annette. She's like, don't worry about it. And she like gained a bunch of weight to be sort of a more realistic neighborhood gal. Gal who... Tony would not, yeah. <laughs> Tony would not entertain. She does. She does come off as like the the girl that's one of the guys mm-hmm. that you see in anything. Yeah. You know, like a lot of a lot of groups. I'm sure if you have a group of friends, there was always the girl who, like, you know, was one of the guys, but none of the guys see her the way that she sees some of them, and mm-hmm. then obviously one night they do, and it doesn't go well for anybody. Yeah. Oh, any other final thoughts then, Johnny? I, this movie's great. <laughs> will you rewatch it on your own? Yay! Uh, yeah, I will. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If just for no other reason, the soundtrack. No, I, I mean, I, it's it's. I think this is one that, like, if I am like in a not the best mood, mm-hmm. this will be an option. Turn it around. Yeah, 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 this is a good option. Turn the beat around. <laughs> Because mainly also, and this is going to sound kind of sweet, but it's going to make me laugh thinking about the fun times we had. <laughs> it's true. That was sweet. That was yeah. sweet. Because <laughs> that shit was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine Owl Watcher. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine Owl Watch It every Thursday morning on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Remember, you can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify so let us know what you think of the show. Hopefully, you give it five stars. If you do, tell a friend, especially if they've seen any of the movies that we've done. Things like Short Circuit or War Games or Saturday Night Fever, if they are a fan of any of the John Badham trilogy. <laughs> but share the show. It helps grow. I mean, we appreciate anyone who listens to any episode that we have. Definitely take a look at the back catalog. We've done a whole bunch of movies over these 80, 90-something episodes. and. Hopefully there's something in there that you enjoy that hopefully we enjoyed as well or uh, didn't and had a really fun time ripping up. <laughs> uh, but you can you can reach us uh, on the show on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of Saturday Night Fever. What are your favorite John Travolta roles? Which John Badham film that we've covered is your favorite? Is it this one? Is it War Games? Is it Short Circuit? It's not. It's not. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite one-liner? What's your favorite dance move from this movie? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Uh, I do just want to make one clarification that I said you can find us every Thursday because uh, I think we will be taking a week off next week. A uh, little end of summer trips for the lot of us. So we'll all be going away on various vacations. So we will uh, be taking a week off, but we'll come back ready and raring to go for the uh, last week, second to last week maybe of of August and and then we'll uh, we'll roll on right into September and, and get into the the fall and, and have plenty of stuff to come. So uh, no ep- no new episode next week. Maybe we'll throw something up as a uh, throwback or something. Uh, plug one of our older episodes as mm. Johnny suggested. 
throw short circuit back up. Just, <laughs> just, really like, just yeah. fuck them. Yeah. Like, no, we need to hear Johnny hate. <laughs> hate a thing that he's named after. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Johnny. I'm Bridget. And thanks so much for listening.